2: What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 184. doesn't matter. I'm Jimmy Kamski from PhillyVoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of Bleeding Green Nation. We have a decent amount to get to here today, uh, but we're going to try to get through this quickly. I have a hard out in, oh, about an hour or so. So we'll try to
1: get through this pretty quickly. Bang, bang, bang. Topic, topic, topic. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Good amount of news, Jimmy, for... And he goes off season for like, you know, after the draft and everything. So definitely a lot of things to touch on before we get into it all. BGN Radio brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. You can also go to WildNaturePet.com to get some dog snacks by using the same discount code BGN15. Let's get into it, Jimmy.
2: Yeah, so we'll just uh, quickly run through everything we're going to talk about. Uh, first, the Eagles had a rookie minicamp. They signed Ryan Kerrigan. They made a trade for a slot corner. Um, we had access to a bunch of different players from Hertz to Kelsey. To uh, We got our first chance to speak with uh, all the coordinators, Jonathan Gadden Shane Stugan, um Michael Clay. And um, we're going to touch on some other things like... Uh, pro football focus pro football focus calling jalen hurts the second worst quarterback in the nfl uh you had put something together i think you wrote an article about this about um eagles were only favored to win just two of their 17 games this year uh which is kind of funny since we just went through the schedule and you had them winning eight games what i have winning six i think um so we'll get to all that but let's start with the uh eagles rookie mini camp uh unfortunately the media was not allowed to watch that in full. We only got to see them kind of warm up and um, go through, you know, some limited individual drills, and then they kicked us out
1: of there. But uh, did you have any uh, takeaways from that brief look at the rookies? I, I think the only correct answer here is Devontae Smith. Like, the juice is real. Like, Jimmy, I was posting clips. I'm sure you were, you were posting pictures and stuff, too, I saw on Twitter. People and are excited. People are eating those up. People people love Devontae Smith. He's brought this team juice. And uh, also – he sure does look small and skinny as heck. Yes, he like does. He, it's crazy. <laughs> like it's just like wow. Um, I, again, I've said I don't. It doesn't really concern me. I think he's still going to be really good. But it's just jarring to see someone look that small, like that thin, as a football player.
2: Yeah, I think that was an obvious takeaway that everyone had when they first saw him, and not that it wasn't expected. Like we all yeah. knew what is. I mean, we all knew what he weigh in at again. One sixty six. One sixty six. And you know, he's six foot one sixty six. So it's not even like he's short. Like, six foot is fine. Like, that's not out of the ordinary for a wide receiver. But 166, obviously, is very skinny. And he looks skinny in person. So, can confirm that he is indeed skinny. I didn't really have any other takeaways from... the. I guess the other takeaway that I would have is that uh, Landon Dickerson was actually out there and doing things. Um, Just that alone is something to to denote, I guess, because uh, his ACL tear occurred in, like, mid to late December It was in the SEC championship game. Uh, And then, of course, he appeared in the national championship game after Alabama had already, you know, totally wrapped up the game. He came in and snapped in victory formation, which is crazy to me. Like I was like less than I was like right around three weeks after he tore his ACL. So. We all saw the highlight or the highlight reels. The 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 you know the the Mac Jones interview where he's doing cartwheels in the background. Uh so I mean I think it's encouraging that uh we've seen sort of some of those things uh post ACL tear uh in terms of you know his potential availability for twenty twenty one.
1: And then Sirianni, too, obviously uh fist bumping the entire oh, right. media course, smart move, savvy move you called it yes. by him. Uh, I choked, as I said, on the BDN Radio <laughs> Jersey Number Analytics podcast. I was filming it, and I really should have just thrown out the paper right, because paper. I could have beaten him and just yeah. on camera in front of everyone. I mean, I totally would have. I mean, they would have had to give me his job at that point because I would have just like owned him. <laughs> uh, but uh, missed that. Maybe in the future, who knows?
2: I like that you that you went that route instead of like the suck up route of throwing scissors. Yeah, and taking and oh, giving that would have him away. Yeah, yeah. That, that I should, would be, I should be fired
1: if I did that. That's that <laughs> been, that's that's uh, that's just not befitting. Um, yeah. So basically, those are the main things. I think Devontae did look smooth from the little time we got to see him. Like he look, he looks he looks good. I don't know. It was, it was a small sample, but he looks like good to me. You did see him drop a pass. I did. Oh, I took. A, I was taking video, and he
2: he dropped a pass when I happened to be taking video, and uh, that was kind of I like posted weird... it. That was like a What's weird that? drill, though. I felt like that was like a weird drill. Yeah. yeah who cares? He dropped. Yeah. Pass doesn't matter. Anyway. Who cares? It's I'm already no making excuses for it. But I posted <laughs> it, and uh, a lot of people got upset about it. Like they're oh,
1: of like, course. "This is why Philly like
2: stop. Shut up. It's a joke. Relax. Chill out." I think it's... he'll be okay. I think he's going to be able to catch just <laughs> yes. fine in the NFL. I mean, the stat of him having like, was it like seven drops or something like that over the course of his entire college yeah. career on an absurd number of catches uh, and or targets or whatever you want to, however you, you want to classify it, but uh, extraordinarily low drop rate in college. So his hands are the least uh, of my concerns uh, about him as a player.
1: Last thing I'll say is 14 on Kenny Gainwell. I really just do not. I mean, I, I don't like it Ben. I just don't, I don't love it. Apparently he went to 19, which is kind of funny that he's saying that or has put that out there. Yeah. He I mean, might, he, he put himself
2: that. in a 19 Jersey and, Posted it on Twitter, uh-huh. so I, <laughs> like, I, like a Photoshop nineteen Eagles jersey, and he, he and he put it out there.
1: He just might be able to get that with JJ White Whiteside. Do you think JJ's going to get cut, or do you think he's going to make the team? I mean, I think in my fifty-three man roster prediction, which I did, uh, I'm pretty sure I had him off. Pretty sure I oh, don't. I have had him on. on the team. Okay, but I mean. It's host, not on right? merit
2: necessarily, but just because they're not going to cut bait with a guy that quickly. Howie's not going to. Howie has control over the roster. So wow. if it were like, if it were like, like, let's say they hired Josh McDaniels and Josh McDaniels had more control over the roster than Nick Sirianni does and he just didn't like JJ, then sure, I'd say they're going to cut him. But howie gets full control, not only over the roster, but potentially on game day and who's actually active on game day. So um, I, I don't think he's going anywhere just because they spent a number, just because they spent a second round pick on him.
1: I feel like they might cut like Hightower at that point or someone though, like someone, I feel like someone from the draft picks could be getting cut the way I had it shake out, but we'll have plenty of time it to could.
2: talk about the, Right. We we have plenty of time to talk about. But the one thing I will make a point on that, like the roster, like it's not deep in any way. So no. like when I, I don't know if you've experienced the same thing, but when I put together my 53 man roster, there are times where like, there are like three or four guys that I want to keep, but I can't. So like, I like it's hard making those cuts at the end. Uh, And then there are other times where the roster is not strong and you come up with like 48 or 49 guys. And then you're just like, okay, well, I guess I'll keep him and I guess I'll keep him and I guess I'll keep that guy. And that's what happened this year (laughs) with my initial 53 on the Eagles. So, uh, yeah, I, I think in that – given that, I think he's a guy that's likely – anyway, I, I think he's uh, he's
1: likely to stick. I think I like Trayvon Grimes over him, but we'll see. I mean, Trayvon Grimes, by the way, wearing like 47. Similar skill set. Talk about, yeah, a jersey number that – not a great look. Um, But, Jimmy, getting into the Eagles' big biggest news, really, of the week, mm-hmm. they signed Ryan Kerrigan, which was, I think, a surprise just – like I don't think anyone was calling for the Eagles to sign Ryan Kerrigan, which is always kind of funny when you see like, a, or at least to me, at least when you see a move like this happen. Because like, oh, great signing! Well, it's like, well, no one was calling for this, so it's kind of funny that like everyone is just like immediately in on it. But I get it. I mean, Ryan Kerrigan kills the Eagles. Jimmy, you know the numbers. It's like what thirteen and a half sacks or so, uh, like six. His fumbles. numbers against the Eagles are better than
2: uh, anything that he's done against any other team.
1: It's it's crazy. He and like it's crazy because he's going up against a good player in most of these matchups. Like he's facing Lane Johnson. I mean, not everyone. There was some Matt Tobin in there. Um, there could be some big, V. there's some there. big, he, he had a big V one time. The, I think he had uh, a big V one time, <laughs> big V's first start, I believe after Lane Johnson got suspended, if I'm not mistaken, was against uh, Ryan Kerrigan. And that was actually the game where Ryan Kerrigan like ripped Carson Wentz's Jersey on the first play. Like, he just destroyed big V. So that dude is a beast. Uh, I think the Eagles are very glad. I think Eagles fans should be very glad he's on this side of the division now. Uh, Here it is, by the way. Sorry. uh, 13 against the Eagles
2: over his career. uh, 13 and a half sacks, six forced fumbles, which is a big number. That's what Uh, I said. Did you say that? I'm sorry. 24 QB hits. Uh, 51 tackles and three fumble recoveries, and that's in 19 games. So just the uh, you know three three extra games than a than a full season. So like, I think he's like a borderline Hall of Famer. I don't think he'll get in ultimately, but I should. think he's right there. He'd have a bigger name, like he'd be a more recognized name nationally if he weren't stuck on such a garbage franchise for the entirety of his career. Like if he played for the Patriots, for example, like he'd probably be a shoo-in for the Hall mm-hmm. of Fame. Um, but he kind of got the, he got, he he drew the short stick (laughs) in in whatever year he came out in the draft. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he is, uh, I actually applaud going back to that 53 man roster. Um, I applauded the Eagles in that post for not signing like an older edge rusher. And then I think if there were a guy where the, you know, that. If if they were if there were an older player where I can kind of make an excuse for it, it is Kerrigan because he does sort of bring that, you know, metaphorical off the field leadership. I mean, he had that in Washington to be determined if he can carry that over to Philadelphia, but he's a guy that produced on a terrible team for a decade. So um, I think he's going to bring some, you know, mentorship and leadership and blah, 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 all that nonsense. Um and I think you can still play. Like I think, you know, he can he, he can still play in a in a reduced role. And obviously the the comp that everyone came up with immediately as soon as mm-hmm. they made that trade was Chris Long from the Sorry. 2017 season. My problem with it, and I think your problem with it as well, is that you know they they sort of committed to getting younger this offseason and they made all these old guy signings again. Like they it worked in 2017. It did not work in 2018. It did not work in 2019. It did not work in 2020. So they're like one for four on these old guy signings, and you can like look at each signing individual individually and kind of you know make sense of it. Ryan Kerrigan, uh, Anthony Harris. Uh, Eric Wilson isn't super old, but whatever. Anthony Adams, like you can, like, like, you can look at all these one year deals and say, Okay, well, that makes sense for this reason, and okay, that one makes sense for this reason, but it's just a pattern that's continuing. <laughs> they keep signing all these old guys every year in free agency, and you put them all together, and the roster, you know, it will be younger, of course, because they made nine draft picks, and I'd say that at least eight, you know, seven, or eight of them are gonna make the team, so they're gonna get younger just on that. But I mean, at some point, when do you stop this? old guy free agency strategy that worked once and hasn't
1: consistently since so i like kerrigan obviously i have no issue with the player and I, I think what you touched on there makes sense like in a vacuum i think it makes sense i think you can say that i think he fills a need the eagles really at defensive end all they had was brandon graham uh derrick barnett josh Sweat, and then nothing like Maybe Teron Jackson, maybe Joe, like there's really no established right. fourth defensive end, like nobody. So, but the problem there to me is that, like, I don't want to see a scenario where. Now, you know, you could say I'm being pessimistic here, but let's say there is a scenario where the Eagles are like four and 10 or something and like Ryan Kerrigan's playing and Teron Jackson is either getting like Casey hilled and got cut for some reason or like is on the practice. You know, he's not even playing. He's like just Ryan Kerrigan is like playing and Teron Jackson isn't developing. Like this is a year where I feel like you have a unique opportunity to kind of play some younger guys maybe than you normally would because you're looking at long-term. You're talking about transitioning. You're not trying to max all out and win just this year. If the Eagles were trying to win this year, like all-in, Super Bowl, robust, I think this move makes all the sense in the world, and there's, like, no downside. But to your point about, like, this team talking about how, oh, we need to get younger, and yes, they made the draft picks, but these are their free agent signings, Jimmy, in terms of age season this will be. So not necessarily how old they are now, but what age they will be this season. Yeah, Joe Flacco, age thirty six season. Brian Carrigan mentioned him before. Age thirty three <laughs> yeah. season. Yeah. Anthony Harris, age thirty season. Andrew Adams, age twenty nine season. And then Eric Wilson, the youngest one, age twenty seven season. So like, their youngest player they added is twenty is going to have their age twenty seven season. Now it's not like you're signing twenty two year olds in free agency. That's not how it works. Right. But still, like, where's like a twenty six year old? Where's the twenty five year old? I think Gary Conley was like twenty four. Um, like just like, I would have liked to see a little bit more youth here. And it kind of just makes me wonder, like, cause they keep, we need to see improve it. Like you keep talking about, oh, we need to get younger. We need to get younger. But they said that in past off seasons too. And then they didn't. So that's like kind of the frustrating thing for me. I think Kerrigan could turn out to be a good signing. And I think the money was pretty reasonable. Although I, what I will say about the contract is. Yeah. They, I mean, they,
2: it was only like up to 3.5. Uh, and the actual salary part was under two. I think think
1: the Guaranteed was like one point something. It wasn't a lot, but... Um, Certainly a reasonable deal, like no, no, like no question about that. Reasonable, but the way they keep like signing these deals where they have to keep eating in the cap space in the future, that doesn't feel like ideal <laughs> right. to me either. Because again, this isn't an all-in kind of year, so you're sacrificing some future flexibility that you have, and not a lot. And I yeah, get the cap's yeah. going to explode, it, but, it, but
2: when you have like four or five guys that you did that with, it, they do add up.
1: And it's relative. Like you're going to have cap space. I'm not. No one's saying like they're not going to have cap space, but a lot of other teams are going to have more, and like then you're at a competitive disadvantage. So right. Because other teams can offer more. So like, that's, those are the things I wonder about. I'm not, I I still think, I'm not trying to hate on the signing. Would I have done it? I guess probably. But I just, there are ways where the signing could go in a way where like, I just feel like it could be more of the same.
2: Yeah, I, I would have done it too. So yeah, it sounds like we're being very negative about the the signing, but I, I would have done it. And I and I like I look forward to actually watching him play. He's a player Absolutely. that I, I that I've admired over the last decade. Like I think he's, he's he's he was obviously a very good player over the last decade. And like I said, I, I still think he has something left. Um, and it'll be fun to watch him. Like it'll just, like it, yes. it helps the actual. Um, I mean, the reason we watch football is to be entertained so like uh you know he'll help in that regard and and he'll make this he 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 makes the team better like unquestionably like they're they're better after yes. having signed him
1: and uh same thing with Devontae smith you know like he just to that point like another guy who just adds juice ryan kerrigan mm-hmm. adds some level of juice to the defense also kind of interesting too just from a like schematic standpoint like the eagles signing or acquiring a number of players like uh patrick johnson who aren't like Typical four three defensive end mm-hmm. builds like Ryan Kerrigan. Kerrigan has more, I think, of a four three build than a traditional three four defensive end would, or a three four outside linebacker, I should say. But he like most of his career, he's been three four outside linebacker. Yeah. So I think that's kind of an interesting note. And we've seen like Jannard Avery potentially yep. switching. I think I saw something about Osman potentially, um, you know, linebacker or whatever. So uh, it's kind of interesting, kind of like following that. Yeah, like away. Os-
3: even
2: last year, like they had Osman lining up in that uh, like that Joker role. In uh, in in training camp, just like they did with Gennard uh, Avery, so they they've sort of acquired. I mean, they acquired Gennard Avery before this new um, defensive staff came in, and they did the same thing with Osman. But uh, I think there there is sort of a position maybe carved out in sort of like that quote unquote Anthony Barr type role, and I do think we're going to see some um, you know hybrid looks from Jonathan Gannon's defense this season. We'll actually get to more about what uh, Gannon talked about. Uh, in terms of his scheme, a little later in the podcast. Uh, but let's move on to the trade that Blockbuster the trade, made. Jimmy. Blockbuster, they, they acquired Josiah Scott. Wow. From the Jacksonville Jaguars for Jameson Houston and a sixth round pick in 2023. So uh, Josiah Scott is an undersized corner. Uh, again, I'll have it right in front of me, but he's like 5'9, I believe. 170-something? Mm-hmm. Oh, 185, okay. Uh, Slot corner, like I said. Actually, uh, if you go back and you read his uh, NFL scouting report via Lance Zierlein, um, NFL.com, he comped him to Avante Maddox. <laughs> so, like, uh, uh, obviously, they're going to try to play Josiah Scott on the outside, and uh, he's going to get torched all year. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, yeah, the, it's 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 not... A fix to their outside, you know, their gaping hole at CB2, in my opinion. But uh, I did think that they needed some slot corner depth uh, after having presumably moved on from Craven LeBlanc and Nickel Roby Coleman. Uh, so they did need some more depth there. Whatever. It's fine. Six-round pick in 2023 isn't that big a setback. Uh, we'll see what Josiah Scott brings to the table in uh, training camp. But his numbers uh, as
1: a rookie... Less than impressive. It kind of feels to me like, like do you have to make this trade? Because I feel like they're probably going to cut him at some point. But, you know, again, it's not the most... Um, it, it, the, the thing with the Avery trade, because it kind of reminds me of the Avery trade in that regard. Like, a little bit, not exactly. But the thing with Avery is they gave up a fourth, and he was a fifth-round pick. At mm-hmm. least this guy was, like, a fourth-round pick, and they're giving up the sixth-round pick. Like, so uh, I think it's worth a chance. Um, this is a guy who has very short arms, also, like Yvonne Maddox, One percentile. On mock draftable, uh also on mock draftable, Jimmy he compares to Amik Robertson from Louisiana Tech, who the Eagles showed a lot of interest in leading up to last year's draft. Yeah. So they clearly kind of have a type uh, when it comes to these slot guys. Uh, look, I think it's a fine addition. um He had good ball production at Michigan State. He had six interceptions, twenty-two passes defense, one forced fumble. He also only turned twenty-two in April, so he's like on the younger side for a prospect. Um, he did seventy-three percentile on the bench. And then he had 80 in the 40-yard dash, so small, but he's uh, strong and fast. So, you know, I'll take that. Uh, I guess it's kind of interesting to think that, uh, like, where he'll fit. I mean, potentially, I think he could, in theory, compete for the starting slot job, depending on mm-hmm. what happens with Maddox, if he's is playing on the outside again or if Maddox kind of struggles. I think one thing we don't talk about with Maddox. What if under- they can move to safety, maybe, too? M- maybe. I, think I mean,
2: in- he, did, he has played there. Okay. Uh,
1: I, I don't, don't see that, that,
2: but it's it's a, it's another possibility,
1: I guess. I think an underrated thing with Maddox that maybe we don't talk about is I don't actually know if he's really best suited to play in the slot. Like, that's not where he played in college. Like, he didn't really, for being a slot cornerback size, like, he didn't really play there a lot. And I think he's kind of had some struggles in the slot. I like Avante, so I'm not counting him out. I just, I think his build is natural for a slot corner, and that's why we mm-hmm. think of him there. Sure. But I think that's not necessarily, like, his most natural role. Um, So I think it's fine. You're adding more competition. I think we probably knew that Nickel Roby Coleman and strap weren't going to be back, but this pretty much, you know, further closes the door on that happening. Nickel Roby Coleman underrated
2: horrible season last year. Like I Nate Gary level, horrible. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> like his career, not, his, I said that at the end of the year, like his career is probably over after that year.
1: I mean, some Does of the sign with anyone yet. No, no. Did
2: Craven sign with anyone?
1: Nope. I think like no? Strap, okay. Jason Peters, D- Dick Rod, uh, uh, who NRC. Um, I think those are like the remaining guys out there. Oh, and Josh Perkins. Josh Perkins still out there. If anyone Jay wants. To. All right, okay. Uh, Jimmy, let's break here. I why guess. don't we take a break? But before we take a break, and it's funny because when we say take a break, Jimmy and I don't actually go anywhere, or do anything. <laughs> just a little right. behind the scenes. I think people. I don't know if I think most people know that, but. Jimmy, yeah, like I'm not getting up to get some goldfish or or Cheetos or anything. Like I was listening to uh, a sip of coffee. I mean, you could if you wanted to, but I was listening to Office Ladies podcast. Have you ever heard of that? Uh-uh. Uh, it was that a yes or a no. No, it was a oh, no. okay. I, I couldn't tell. Um, anyway, uh, I remember early on in their show, it's like it's two ladies from the office. It's uh uh, Pam and Angela from the office. Okay. Anyway. Uh, early on in their show, like they would take breaks, but they would talk about how like how they would actually like do stuff during those breaks. Like, oh, you know, I have to I let's take a break here. Like I have to go to the bathroom or I want to make a cup of coffee. Like that's just funny to me. Like they took like actual breaks. So anyway. Yeah, Brand Brandy goes, we'll take a break. And then there's like a five-second pause and then I'll go, uh, back here. Yeah. It's <laughs> much more awkward. So anyway, now that we've given you the logistics of our break, just trying to be honest with the listeners, you know, the little peek behind the curtain. uh regen radio, which we just told you the behind the scenes of is brought to you by right to sell and craft jerky. Go to right to sell Get yourself some meat snacks, discount code BGN 15 for 15% off same discount code at wild for your dog treats. So go do those help support the podcast, help support some small businesses. It's a good thing to do. Everyone wins and we will be back back after this. Back here on BGN Radio about like five seconds after you just heard (laughs) me speak last in real time. Jimmy, let's talk about how the Eagles had a spring workout plan originally scheduled that they weren't going to show up for because they collectively decided as a team not to do that. But now they're coming back because they kind of agreed to a modified one of Nick Sirianni. So there's going to be no minicamp. And there's going to be no traditional OTA practices. So for you, the listener, why this matters to you is we're not giving you any practice notes, at least presumably, because there aren't any to be had, that, to my knowledge. Um, but I think it is good because the players are still getting in. They're getting some familiarity you know, with the coaching staff and the new yeah. system. Uh, the only thing I had from that, Jimmy, is Jeff McLean reported that Ertz will not be attending those practices. And he's still very much once out. Well, the, I think
2: the benefit to the Eagles staff anyway is that um they get more practices as opposed to like the, the how many OTA sessions were there going to be that they were going to not participate in? I think like four, four different OTA sessions. And that's, you know, three practices a pop. Whereas the main and they, they canceled the mandatory minicamp, obviously, as you said, Uh that, you know, they had to go to that and those practices probably would have been a little more intense. So they got rid of those and instead they go to the OTAs and they're more about learning. And like, they're going to be like more like walkthroughs than actual practices. They, they they not want to have 11 on 11s. They want to even have like seven on sevens. So um, I think that's helpful for the staff trying to, you know, establish their schemes. We talked a lot about, you know, last off season about how, um, you know, the Eagles were returning their quarterback, their up uh, their uh, head coach and their defensive coordinator for their fifth seasons with the team. Whereas the, all three other teams, in the division all had new staffs Made and, a big difference. Like, and that was supposed to be like a huge advantage. And now, and I still believe that it should have been, the Eagles just squandered it and they stunk and they went four 11 and one, like the rest of the division, they did kind of seem to be like a step behind when the season began. Like they all started out poorly and they all got better as the season went along. Um, so I think there was, you know, legitimately something to that. So this won't be quite the same as what those three teams went through last year. In that they'll at least get, um, you know, the players, by the way, the new catchphrase, I guess they started this last year too, but saying either grass time or on the grass. They Mm. love saying grass now, these football coaches. Like, so they do get to get the players, quote unquote, on the grass uh, for, you know, on field instruction and whatever and learning and blah, 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 blah. Uh, So I, th- it's not the same as like what those three teams had to go through last year. So I, I think that what the players and the staff were able to kind of sit down and, and talk about and, and sort of negotiate uh, was a good thing. And it's not something that was happening league-wide. It's the Eagles and I think the Colts were the only uh, two teams that sort of uh, sat down and, and figured out what would be best for, you know, sort of all parties.
1: Rank for me the most likely options when it comes to Zach Hurts in terms of okay. getting traded, cut. Or, and I guess we're assuming this is after June 1st, too, since that's about to come up anyway. Yeah. Um, There's no say, sense in doing anything until then. Yeah. So let's assume this is after June 1st and the most likely options from most likely to least likely in terms of cut, trade, and then keep. All right. So I would say number one is a trade for
2: some, you know, marginal uh, return, like a six round pick. Or for another player that's, like, not, like, an impact guy in any way. Like, his value is going to be somewhere around, like, a, you know, fifth to seventh round pick. Somewhere in that range. Uh, Number two, I would say just cut outright. Uh, Number three, I would say traded for something worthwhile. So, like, we'll call that a fourth round pick or better. And then, lastly, that he's back with the team.
1: Okay. I agree. I don't think he's back it just doesn't i mean he wants he clearly wants out he's not showing up like people i've seen people yeah. like be like oh how do you know what he wants Like he's not showing up for workouts like he, he clearly doesn't there's many signs the team gave him permission to seek a trade why is he getting permission if he wants to be here like he doesn't, doesn't want to be back here. like he doesn't want to be there yeah um anyway uh takeaways from any of the press conferences jimmy uh jalen hurt spoke uh, he has, like, a great line, I feel like, every single press conference. Yeah. I don't know how – or at least a lot of them. I don't know they're how all, he's doing they're this. They're all kind of like um, – It's like a they're calendar. Co- they're
2: kind of cookie cutter, some of them. It's like, like a calendar. Them, like, we've you know have heard I mean? right. <laughs> Yeah, It's like he
1: has, like, a calendar of these quotes, and he's like, oh, which <laughs> yes. one does this say this day? Here. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like, we've heard a lot of them before. But the new one, I hadn't heard this before. Like, the rent is due every day mm-hmm. quote in terms of um, – uh, you know, not being entitled and and not uh, having uh, not feeling like he shouldn't have competition for his job. Uh, so I like where his mindset's at for mm-hmm. sure. But, yeah, it's funny that he does sort of have these uh, these sayings just the ready to go bean. for, for yeah. most questions. Um, but, yeah, no, I like where his head is at. And it's certainly a departure from, um, you know, the last quarterback that was here, uh, Carson Wentz. Who uh, I don't know if you guys missed it, but he was traded to the Colts after he didn't want to uh, play for the Philadelphia Eagles anymore.
1: I think Jalen Hurts has, I'm pointing to my head right now, he is like everything up here. Like he just, he has it. Like it's so clear that this yes. guy has like the it factor. Now, again, is he talented enough? So that's a big question. And if he doesn't have that, then that's an issue and that's a deal breaker. But. Just from a mental standpoint, like he has it and Carson Wentz didn't have that. And that was a big issue. So it absolutely is relevant and it matters and it probably matters. I feel like I've come to learn Jimmy in my, as I'm aging, I am getting older in my wisdom that I feel like a lot of this stuff that I just thought didn't matter when I was younger actually matters a lot in terms of like personality and work ethic Mm -hmm. and and like mentality, like talent does matter a lot, too. You can't just dismiss that. And sometimes talent can supersede all of what I just said. Right, you can't just draft a lot of Casey Matthews. Yeah, you can't. You can't do that. But, like, it's not irrelevant. It's definitely not irrelevant. I've come to learn that. So uh, I think that's great to see from Hertz. He just seems like such a – he's such a BWE guy, Jimmy. He really is. He does have big winner energy. He just he – t- like, it's so obvious. He just does. And I think it'll be interesting to see how this team rallies around him. Uh, Jason Kelsey talked. He's talking about how I think a key point from him was like how he admitted, you know, Jason Kelsey, very honest whenever he talks saying that like, yes, they are in a transition, but thinks they can compete. And I don't think anyone would really disagree with that. Right. I mean, pretty agreeable. Yeah. Um, Sure.
2: I mean, the, the division stinks and his, and coming, like coming from him, his, like the unit that he plays on the offensive line is, is very good. Like, yeah. You wouldn't trade the Eagles' offensive line for many offensive lines across the league, assuming um, health. Yes, from from I mean from from starters to backups, like it's a it's a deep and talented offensive line, like you mentioned. Uh, assuming Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson are able to come back healthy. By the way, it was noted that um, Lane Johnson said that he feels a hundred percent, which mm-hmm. you know a lot of players are going to say that. But he wasn't saying that last year, yeah. So like, he's he's a guy that's always been very honest with the media about how his body feels and whatever. So um, if he says it, I believe him, and uh, I think that it was encouraging that that he said that. But going going back to the point on Kelsey, like he plays on a very good unit, so he should feel like the team can compete because he's you know on a unit that performs to a high level, or at least uh, or at least reason or at least should you know uh, assuming
1: uh, they like you said they they they're able to stay healthy. The, then we also heard from the coordinators, Jimmy. We heard from not Coach Gannon. He doesn't want to be – don't call him Coach Gannon. He wants to be called JG, which mm-hmm. I actually did pick up on that when we heard from Eric Wilson because when we okay. heard from Eric Wilson about a month or so, like he kept calling Gannon JG, and I was like, is this a thing? Because I haven't heard this before, and he just like kept saying it over and over. So apparently it is a thing. I think that's kind of interesting. I saw our good friend Tommy Lawler write about how – um that kind of speaks to maybe Gannon's age and approach a little bit yes. you know like he's he's not like he doesn't want to be seen like above the players necessarily he kind of wants to be like more of one of the guys um i thought Gannon's interview was pretty impressive i think he he uh carries yeah, himself sharp well sharp guy um seemed like well prepared uh nice demeanor and everything um we've seen him seen some limited clips of him in uh, I asked him about his intensity like when the Eagles drafted Milton Williams because the Eagles put out that clip of him, and he was just like yo, nuts. He's excitable too, but in a different way from Nick Sirianni. Yes. He, he, he contains it more, I would say, yes. <laughs> in, in talking. Um, so I, I thought it was interesting to hear from him. The biggest takeaway I think that a lot of people had, Jimmy, was that this shocking revelation that J- Jonathan Gannon or JG isn't going to just – he doesn't just have a scheme. He's going to coach to his players' strengths. No one has ever thought about this before. How do you feel <laughs> right. about this innovative new concept? <laughs>
2: Yeah, a lot of the coaches say that and then they don't actually do it. Uh, but you know, I mean that's been around since forever, that you're gonna coach to the your player's skill sets and uh and their strengths and coach, you know, against or try to limit um, you know, their weaknesses getting exposed and whatnot. But you know, we'll see. Um he did at least acknowledge that uh Mike Zimmer is an influence on him. And that there's there's probably going to be some similarities between Mike Zimmer's scheme and his. So um, he was honest about that. But yeah, the idea that um, that they're going to just scheme around their players' strengths, no matter who they have on the roster, uh, uh, you know, I'll buy that when I actually see it.
1: It's just I can't believe Jimmy, I mean, like how people <laughs> just like look at this and they're like, wow, yes, this is exactly what we needed. And Schwartz never adjusted. I mean, that's not true. It's Schwartz- true. It's true though. Like it is. It is a. It is a And, you know, in theory, it is like something
2: that every coach should do. And you want to hear them say that.
1: But not 100%, I would say. (laughs) Like, not it's not literally like, oh, I have no opinions. And how we should, like, you want to have tenets, you know, and principles and like ideas of what you should do and different. So my point here is I think a a, a little too much gets made of like this kind of thing. But I also get why people are excited about it. Because I think in some ways, Schwartz was stubborn. And maybe didn't always adjust as much as he needed to. But I also think, as we said before, I think Jim Schwartz is a pretty good defensive coordinator. And I think Jonathan Gannon has the potential to be one. He was highly coveted this offseason. Uh again, like you said, sharp guy, seems like. So I'm excited to see what the defense will do. And they I don't think they have reason to really be like an awful defense this year. I think with the investments on that side of the ball, and if he's as good as or anywhere near as good as we think he might be, then they should be like a pretty respectable defense. Not, I don't know about an elite defense, but they should they should not be like one of the league's worst defenses.
2: As they're going to go as their defensive line goes, and that's kind of how it's been for them for you know a long time, really. Um, the defensive line looks strong with Graham, uh, Kerrigan playing ld barnett and sweat are fine at rd and then on the interior cox and Hargrave. and if one of those younger guys can step up then do i mean it's going to be a strong unit but the back seven yeah well but
1: but that's why you hire jonathan gannon though like that's supposed to be his calling it is card is getting, do, yeah yeah so i'm not again and i'm not asking pro bowl players but he has to find a way to make that unit like respectable like you yes. can get by with it you're gonna lose some games probably because of it but you're your whole season isn't going to be unravelled because of it. Here comes uh, this is the
2: biggest dog ever. I he walks by my what uh, kind of dog house. He, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta, you gotta it
1: describe something. it, Jimmy. It's an audio medium. I will take a picture of him. Okay, Jimmy, take I will the post picture, it. I will tweet it, it out. On... Just tweet it out with no context <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Just a picture of this big dog. And
2: it's it's through my screen. Let me get let me get a non-screen.
1: And thing. then you have like. Like Eagles fans being like, what does this mean? Like, what is this? Who? <laughs> Are I mean, I that is a huge dog. Uh, I, so, am just gonna, I will just tweet it with no explanation. Please do. So you can find that <laughs> at Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter. I'm at Brandon Gowton on Twitter. Maybe I'll retweet it just so it's even funnier. Um, and you can also look at it right now, too. I can look at it. Uh, Jimmy, any other takeaways from the coaches? We heard from Shane Steichen, didn't really get anything from him. I asked him a question about how or why the chargers ran the ball. Well, I asked him a question about the chargers, like being uh ninth, I believe in first down run frequency rate. And he talked about how it's game plan specific. Well, Shane, and I didn't put this part of the question in there, but I really should have is like, you guys were the only team in the top 10 that had such a high first down run frequency, despite the fact you were the only team under four yards per carry and weren't good. And also you had like a really good young rookie quarterback who could throw the ball. So maybe that's an Anthony Lynn thing. Uh, and then I didn't really get anything out of uh, Michael Clay either. How right, are you, you doing want to there? check Twitter and check out this dog? Jimmy is <laughs> just locked in on this tweet. He has no idea what I just said. Let's see yeah, here. he said stuff about Shane Steichen and uh-huh. uh, Michael Clay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no,
2: take I, away didn't from know, I didn't know. I didn't know the anecdote about Clay being a long snapper at Oregon. Yeah, I guess I didn't either. Where he just stepped in and played and played long snapper for for Chip in Oregon, and they weren't expecting him to to be good, and then he was. And then he actually long snapped for the entire rest of the season. <laughs> are you looking at the tweet?
1: <laughs> a dog is huge. Man. <laughs> and people are just, I really just like, what? I would love for these people to like list. be on Twitter and just like see. <laughs> <laughs> just, just just see, see a, they just see a picture of themselves out of nowhere. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> um. Oh man, losing it. <laughs> They're right. just confused. What? Like, why is this? So you had yeah. no other takeaways from the press conferences. That's the uh, last. Not from had. Steichen or, or or Clay. No, I mean there's nothing. Uh... Or the players. I think Miles Sanders spoke. Uh, he was asked about like how he feels about the betting a 17th game. He kind of had a good line about that. He was like, "You want to know my opinion? Like honestly." And it almost to me like sounded like he's going to be like, "You know, I think this is BS." Like yeah. you know, like a lot of the players don't like the extra game. He was like, "More games, more yards." So that was a nice little. Uh, Okay. Way to subvert expectation. Um, also, I think he on a more he said like, he was starstruck by Joe Flacco. He did say that, which is a big red flag. And then <laughs> he also said that I believe Kenny Gainwell told him that like Kenny Gainwell was starstruck because of Miles Sanders. Okay, which kind of feels like yeah. a suck up move from Kenny Gainwell. But I guess that's <laughs> I guess that's the right thing to do. Is that B L A in your opinion? Uh, no, I don't think okay. so. But All it's right. just kind of like, come on, man. Come on, Kenny. Like, <laughs> what are you doing here? Um, it just like, it feels like I'm like, I'm picturing the moment where it happened and like, yo, like Miles Sanders, like, yo, man, like I'm starstruck when I see Joe Flacco. And Kenny Gainwell's like, well, I'm starstruck when I see you. Like, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> really funny to me. Um, but on a more like substantial note from Miles Sanders, he did talk about, I think he kind of admitted how he he does really need to get better in the passing game like he struggled in that regard last year mm-hmm. he wasn't quite where he wanted to be which no secret and I think you know you led the league in drops for running back so he should know that but I think it's good to hear him kind of say that and admit that he needs to get better in that area so that's good but uh that's all I had from the press conferences so do you want to send it to break Jimmy, as I continue to laugh at this, face here, <laughs>
2: this talk.
3: after this support for this show comes from Atlassian Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR, and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at atlassian.com. That's A T L A S S I A N.com atlassian.
1: Back here on BGN Radio for our final segment of this episode. We're here, Jimmy. Just a couple of quick things. Pro Football Focus put out a list of all the 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And Jalen Hurts finished second worst. 31st out of 32. I think only Drew Locke was worse than him. Now, I saw a lot of people reacting to this. And I think with anything with PFF, they have So they had Wentz ahead of him then too? Wentz is like 25th or so, 24th. Okay. They, they're not high on Wentz. But they had Hurts at the bottom. And a lot of people, I think, see Is PFF. this heading into the
2: 2021 20, season? Or is yes. this
1: based just on their seasons last year? I think it's heading okay. it's, it's heading into the year because the, the rookies are in there too, like okay. Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. Um, okay. So a lot of people, I think, with PFF talk about how, like, if it's something they believe in, then it's 100% accurate. And if it's something they don't <laughs> like, then PFF is total garbage and they don't know what they're talking about <laughs> that. So that's yeah. always fun, the confirmation by a single. But to me, and I've said this to me before PFF ranking, like, put PFF ranking aside. Like I've been saying that like, I feel like Jalen Hurts – should be entering the year i'm not saying he will finish the year but i'm saying entering the year he is in the conversation to me to one of the league's worst quarterbacks and i went back and looked at some of the numbers jimmy and i want to read them for you here and it's not going to make for good podcasting because when you read out stats it's hard to keep track of at least it is but i want to get these numbers across to you and see what you feel about okay all right so couple several bullet points here just bear with me jalen hurts ranked 40th out of 42 quarterbacks created by pff last year he ranked 31st out of 37 by Football Outsiders DVOA metric. Among qualified quarterbacks last year, Drew Locke led the NFL in bad throws at 22.9, and he ranked last in on-target throws at only 68.9. Jalen Hurts was significantly worse in both of those categories at 26.7, so over 3% more bad throws than Drew Locke. And last, or at least if you put him in there, among qualified quarterbacks, with about 8% less in on target throws. So, mm-hmm. point being, like he was worse, way worse than even the worst quarterback in accuracy. Hertz completed just 52% of his attempts. For mm-hmm. perspective on how low that number is, Drew Locke ranked 35th out of 35 in high quarterbacks with a 57.3 completion percentage. So, 5% less than the next worst quarterback. Jimmy, Jalen Hertz, and this is one of the more interesting things I found completed just 48.8% of his attempts on non-play action plays. Now, interestingly, he had the NFL's biggest completion percentage difference between play action and not with a 66.7 completion. So almost like a 20% difference from play action to non-play action for Jalen Hurts. Uh, A couple more here. Jalen Hurts, 7.2 yards per attempt, was only 20th best. Jalen Hurts, 77.6 passer rating, only ranked ahead of Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, Carson Wentz, and Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, only six players fumbled more than him last year, despite the fact he played just 334 nine, snaps, which right? is only, he had, he had uh, I think so. Yeah, like a couple of players had 11, of like Lamar Jackson had 11, I think Carson Wentz had 11, Um, but Jalen Hurts only played 30% of the snaps, and he was like only six players fumbled more than him. And then here's the last one. Jalen Hurts took the longest average time to throw last year at 3.39 seconds. The next slowest quarterback to get the ball out was like 0.22 seconds faster than him. That was Lamar Jackson, so it's a big difference. And with Jalen Hurts failing to get the ball out quick, Jimmy, PFF charted him for the second highest percentage of pressures generated by defense charged to the quarterback. So you know, like this is like you know they're they're parsing who was to blame for a pressure in a certain play, and he was he had the second highest percentage of pressures generated. So those are all my Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's a lot to I, take in. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, so, yeah. So if I can just comment on a few of those things,
2: like this, the the time to throw thing is um, obviously not uncommon for rookies and it's especially not uncommon for rookies that can run a little bit. It's not uncommon for veterans who can run a little bit. Like I'm sure Russell Wilson's time to throw is uh, consistently, you know, higher than most quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, But like the 52% is, um, you know, obviously an alarming stat and um, not all like, I I don't, I I don't want to say that like completion percentage is always uh, an end all be all indicator for, you know, inaccuracy, but 52 is really low. So yeah, I think we can, uh, we can go off that. And, and, you know, if, even if you haven't looked at him and all of his throws, you can go ahead and assume that he was probably inaccurate. And earlier this off season in March, I think, or maybe February, even, um, I did look at all of his snaps and all of his throws. And uh, I compiled sort of a video of all of his like clearly uh, inaccurate throws And there are a lot of them like he's not an accurate passer. And there's reason to believe that, like, he can get better in that area because he was really inaccurate earlier, early in his college career. And he got better in that department every year as he went along and had the benefit of playing in a a really good scheme at at Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley. Uh, But he did get better at that uh, as college went along. And there's reason to believe based on his mindset that we talked about and the intangibles that he has that he'll work at it and he'll get better as, he, as a pro. But there's no question, like, he was a really inaccurate passer last year. I think his arm strength is okay. Like, it's not, like, uh, it's not a positive. It's not a negative either. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I, I think that what he does bring to the table, I mean, not, not that I think that, he, obviously what he does bring to the table is his ability as a runner. And he ran for, what was it, like, 300 and some odd yards whatever it was, if you extrapolate it over like a 16-game season, you're talking about like over 1,200 rushing yards. Obviously, it'll be a little bit more than that if you extrapolate it over a 17-game season. Uh, that's not sustain- sustainable long-term because at some point he's going to take a hit and he's going to go down. Uh, I think he does have sort of an advantage in terms of um, his potential to stay healthy because he's just such a freak in the weight room. Like you see the video of him like doing squats and guys that like are all... Uh, jacked up muscle wise and spend a lot of time in the weight room. They tend to be more durable than guys that don't. Uh, Jim Schwartz has talked about that on a number of occasions, sort of uh, not citing Sidney Jones, but asked uh, about Sidney Jones and his inability to stay healthy. Like he cited you know, like 400 pound benchers, if I play cornerback that like that strength might not show up on the field necessarily, but it does keep them healthy and on the field. Uh, so I think that that'll be something that we see with with Jalen Hurts, maybe. Uh, but, you know, that's obviously his, his appeal. And, and we we had discussed this previously, like you mentioned about him having the potential to be like a bottom you know, quarterback in the NFL. I think that that running ability is going to give him a leg up over a lot of the other quarterbacks in the league that don't. Like, they just don't have that. Like, that's just not part of their arsenal. And even if he's not a good passer, he can still kind of fall back on that. Like, Ben Solak made the point when uh, we had him on one of our podcasts that, you know, Lamar Jackson aside, there isn't a better running quarterback in the NFL than Jalen Hurts. So, he's going to have that to fall back on. I think he's going to get better as a passer this year. But, again, we're kind of talking about small sample sizes of, of what he did last year. and. um I don't think he's going to be like a good passer this year. Like, I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. He's certainly not going to be top half of the league, in my opinion. But uh, I find it kind of hard to see him being the absolute worst quarterback in the NFL.
1: I well, the fumbles could come with the running. The though, fumbles as are they a problem did last too. year, and that like, some of those if came if with running. They, they if he's just... going to
2: run, yeah. If he's going to run like a running back, he's got to protect the ball like a running back too.
1: And a number of those came on those, if I'm, like, remembering. It wasn't just, yeah, like, for sure he was back it. in the pocket, and he got stripped. Like, he was running, and he got stripped. Like, the Saints game. And I think there was a couple the, Yeah, the like
2: egregious that. one was the Saints game, like, where, like, the game was over. All they yeah. got to do is just, you know, lay down on the football, and they're going to punt. And there's no, like, but he fumbled. Saints score. And then, like, they cut the lead to three. They almost got the onside's kick. Yeah. Like, imagine, they, imagine like, they won that game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that'd be, that would have been huge for them i think they would have been the one seed at that point like, that, would have yes. a, that would have been a big difference yeah, um, yeah maybe, anyway. maybe the whole
2: maybe the whole playoffs are, are different uh you know if, if if they win that game
1: my point on jalen hurts to be clear i am not out on jalen hurts i want to clarify that i like jalen hurts i just feel like i'm trying to be realistic about his upside and like forget my opinion like who? Who cares what I think? I mean, you're listening to this podcast, so presumably you do. But I mean, the Eagles themselves are pretty clearly skeptical of Jalen Hurts. Like, they're not all in on him by any means. I mean, they won't even give him the starting job. Like, they won't say it. They won't um, even I,
2: put him on like the 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 promotion for
1: the schedule release with like. With, yep. They,
2: they had like five players on that thing, and they didn't include yep. the quarterback.
1: It's weird. They have been constantly linked to Deshaun Watson. They, you know, made this trade down, presumably to put themselves in a position to pivot at quarterback if they have to. So, you know, you have to consider all that. And my biggest point, Jimmy, on him being ranked low is like, like how much, and, and we talk about he can get better and I absolutely agree. I No, I don't think anyone should be arguing he can't get better, but to what extent? Like, that's always the question to me because like, people talk about, oh, well, he can get better. He can improve. It's only four games. Sure, but like how much can he realistically bridge the gap from being down where he is now, which I read you a bunch of those stats, to being like you know let 's say top ten like that 's a big gap to make up it 's not a small gap. I think I agree with you about like he could have a higher floor because of his rushing ability and everything, but it's just like he can get better there's a chance he could be significantly better than he was last year this year, and it's still not good enough, like right yeah, so or he
2: could be he could be worse too that 's like uh the scene in the office where like will Ferrell and uh uh, what's his face Um, at Helms are selling the paper and Will Ferrell's like, this could be the best decision you ever make in your life or it could be the worst decision you ever make in your life. <laughs> if you just want a guy that's going to give you your paper at the agreed upon price at the right time, Andy's not your guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Charlie did not like your take on Jalen Hurts there, by the way, if you heard him in the background. Well, he might be happier if you got him some wild nature okay. and use discount code BDN15 for 15% off. Um. All right. Uh, so that's that's hurts. Uh, I think elsewhere on the division, um, I did those numbers, but I don't have them in front of me. You list, we talked about that on the NFC mixtape. Settle down, Charlie. You can, you can go listen to it for it there. Um, last thing I had, Jimmy, was the Eagles are favored to win just two of their 17 games this year based on <laughs> early point spreads. And look, I mean, what does that really mean? Potentially nothing because it's just something. I mean. It doesn't mean nothing, but also it doesn't mean everything. It's disappointing. Yeah. When the actual season arrives here, I'm pretty sure they're going to be favored in more than two, I would yeah, say. Yeah. 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 Um, and two is a very low number, but I think two. They weren't even favored over the Jets, right? No. And they're also a pick'em with the Lions, to be clear. They weren't underdogs and all those. So at least, uh-huh. you know, there's that too. But. Um, just putting them like so. I did power rankings this week for Bleeding Green Nation, and we talked about them on the SB Nation NFL show on Tuesday. But um just kind of, and I did it for all the teams. I went through all the teams and let like looked at how many games each of them are favored to win mm-hmm. to kind of contextualize the power rankings further. And where'd you the have Eagles, them? I had them twenty seventh, so just okay. out of the bottom five. Um, all right, I. But the teams they're next to, like the Bengals and the Jaguars, those teams are the other two teams favored to win only two games this year. The only two teams (laughs) that are favored to win fewer, which is zero this year, are the Lions and the Texans. So, like that's the cat. Like, like for better or worse, or however you want to put it, like it should probably be worse. But this is the company the Eagles are kind of viewed in, like going into the season. It doesn't mean they'll stay there. They could be better but i'm just saying like that's that's where they are right now realistically in terms of like perception it's not good no <laughs> and i think it's it's not totally <laughs> that's why they only have two
2: primetime games this year
1: yeah i mean exactly like so i think a, i think we're in an interesting point jimmy in like the time of year where i feel like people are trying to talk themselves into this or not even trying to that people are talking oh, themselves happens every year. Yeah. into this team and and i don't blame anyone for doing that It's part of being a fan. You want to be excited. I'm not begrudging anyone, but I just I watch it and I'm like, I know we do this. I know we've done this before. Like you You kind of even did it a little bit. You had to win
2: in eight games.
1: I know. I see it seeps into (laughs) it seeps into me. But like I don't feel great about that. You know, like I'm not out here being like, "You had this great season." I think it's kind of me guarding against being too negative. Um, (laughs) But it's just kind of. You know, it's just an interesting perspective to have. And elsewhere around the division, Jimmy, by the way, Cowboys favored to win 10 of their games. Okay. Can you guess how many games the Washington football team is favored to win this year? Mm, nine and a half? Three. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, fa-
2: oh, favored to win. Okay. Favored to uh... win.
1: Three. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, I didn't... I don't Th- know. That's, that's strange. That- that's dumb. That doesn't make Giants sense. Giants are at five.
2: Like, football team has like a like a legitimately good roster though although the one thing that they that they did that i don't know what they're doing is when they released uh, morgan moses so now they have charles leno or leno whatever whatever how you say it? jay leno's he's brother yeah he's <laughs> jay leno's brother playing left tackle and then the guy they drafted in the second round probably playing right tackle so that's a problem and then the quarterback obviously but uh you know they're that, that's a good that's that surprising what did
1: they what were the giants Five
2: okay, mm,
1: that's about right. Any final thoughts to me here on BGN radio before we get you out? Well, Brandon is sitting in
2: his uh, his old room, he's at his yes. parents' house right now, so yeah. his childhood room. He's got a big B in the background for Brandon, yes, <laughs> there it is. And uh, I have a quick story about uh, something similar. So, like, I grew up in Marlton, and uh, my parents sold their house in Marlton.
1: Uh, I don't know, like 20 years ago and they retired. This is in New Jersey, by the way, for people who aren't from the area. I just wanted they, to contextualize. to Marlton, New Jersey. Yes. And then they, they retired to uh, the Jersey Shore.
2: And um, I had like a similar thing that Brandon had. Like he, he's got his B there. I had a, 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 on the wall it said Jimmy in these big block wow. letters. And it just never got taken down. Um, <laughs> and this is, you know, like I said, this is going back like 20 years. Uh, I haven't lived with my parents since I was like 18. Um, but like like nothing in my room really ever got changed because i never slept there again after i was like 18 and when they sold that house uh i'm 43 so it was right around when i was like 23 24 or something like that so when they sold that house they had a stager come in and like sort of you know um make the house look more as presentable as it could or as I uh, appealing to potential buyers as they possibly could. And the, what they did with my room was they made it look like a, like a toddler lived in there. <laughs> so like there's the big block letters and they had like stuffed animals and stuff. And like it was, it looked like a it looked like a little kid's room. And uh, I didn't know any of this was going on. Like I would have vetoed that. I would have been like, no, because what if somebody I know goes to see this house, goes to see your house? And I mean, it is the town like where I grew up. It's possible that it's like somebody could be looking at the house that knows me. And sure enough, uh, somebody I went to high school with went and looked at the house to buy it and they went into my room and they knew the last name i guess uh and they saw jimmy on the wall and they're like is this is this jimmy kemsky's house and <laughs> the realtor is like yeah and uh <laughs> and i like i can't like, without seeing the room you can't really get the the like how funny this it was like this this high school person that i knew <laughs> looking at my house but it looked like like a five-year-old had <laughs> was living in my room and it was like i got my mom told me the story that like somebody my mom told me that somebody from high school looked at the house they didn't tell me anything about my room and i happened to go to my house to, to my old house and i looked at my room and i was like wait a second this is how my room's being shown and like some people, like people I know from high school are like looking at your looking at like this house and my room looks like this. And I was very, very embarrassed by people <laughs> looking at the house with my
1: room looking like, uh, like, uh, like I was a five year old. So. In reality, you actually did live like that, but you created the story to cover for that. Like, <laughs> well, no, actually... they added a bunch of stuff like stuffed animals and stuff well and... you're saying you're claiming that, but we don't know for sure that you didn't have it like that at all times. So I'm saying, and like... even
2: worse, they had like a they had a big bear in there, and uh uh they they had like i don't know how this the, 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 like we even had this but The the bear had like a Rowan University sweater on it. (laughs) And that's where I went to college. Yeah. So it looked like I, you know, bought this thing at college and I like propped it up like on the
1: pillows in my room. (laughs) Again, we don't (laughs) know that you didn't do this. That's how I decorated my room on a regular basis. You're just claiming that you didn't. But I mean, (laughs) the evidence says otherwise. Um, Is that all you had, Jimmy? Is that your final thought?
2: Yeah. And uh, also, uh, if you're looking to buy or sell a house, as long as we're on that topic, Uh uh, be sure to call Kristen Roach of
1: Roach Realtors. She is the best. 856-906-9295. So Jimmy, I'm looking at your tweet here. <laughs> you tweeted out during the podcast and it really just makes me laugh on no context. A lot of people are commenting indeed <laughs> in how big of a dog that is. So <laughs> yes. uh so good job people who and if you again you want to go see that you can check it out at Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter i'm at Brandon Gauton on Twitter. I retweeted it so it's also there. Uh follow Bleeding Green nation on Twitter at Bleeding Green. Follow BGN radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Check out the NFC East mixtape. I thought it was a really good episode that RJ and I had uh, Brian Stabby from Hogshaven on. Jimmy, a uh, really good, insightful guest. We went deep on the Washington football team, kind of debated whether it's them or the Cowboys or maybe another team that should be considered the favorites right now in the NFC East. SB Nation NFL show, a lot of good stuff on there this week. Uh, RJ and Stats had a podcast about like things that are 100% guaranteed to happen. I did stats. Uh, I did the power rankings with Stats there, so that was good. Um, check out right to sound craft jerky right to sell on com discount code BGN15 for 15% off check out wildnaturepet.com for the pet in your life get them some dog treats by using discount code BGN15 for 15% off we'll be back presumably next week sometime we'll figure it out and uh, until next time for Charlie I'm Jimmy that's Brandon goodbye everybody. Goodbye. goodbye everybody be- G-N.
0: Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot because their all in one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this high quality leads, fast closing deals. Wildly happy customers and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.
3: Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets.